Hello, everybody. This is your host, Pastor Tony Bateman. Tonight on Church in the City, as we start off with our first pilot episode, we're gonna we're gonna do some unique things tonight. We're gonna you know cross cultural barriers. We're gonna knock down some walls, if you will, when it comes to tradition and truth. We're gonna we're gonna do some different things, and we're gonna also discuss modern approaches to ministry in the new millennium, and and how as a Christian today, whether it be as a Christian leader, as a pastor, or anything like that, maybe a Christian business owner, a Christian entrepreneur. You can take different approaches and new approaches, you know, to reach people for Christ and and how things have changed in the last 20 years. But God is still the same tonight. We're going to have, you know, a good friend of mine, Olivia Martino. She's going to come on and talk to us about her show called Stay Woke Church that she does. We're going to bring her on to just a few minutes and talk about some of the new things that she's doing with that form of social media ministry and some of the new topics and cool things that she's discussing with local pastors. All right, everyone, we have my friend Olivia Martino on the line. She's actually the host of a program called Stay Woke Church. How are you doing, Olivia? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Listen, tell us a little bit about your program. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what uh, what you guys are doing at Stay Woke Church and what, what basically brought it about and, and what it does. Awesome. Well, um, Stay Woke Church came about because, you know, my cousin and I, we always want to have conversations about uh, our religion versus, you know, other religions, just seeing the differences of talking about a lot of topics that I talk right. about. And um, that's how this whole thing came about, you know, with just using Facebook, obviously due to coronavirus, we can't have a lot of in-person, you know, meetings, so on and so forth. So just having this platform to just be able to topics and answer questions are talked about or discussed in church, you know, just, and it just provides like, you know, an opportunity for people to learn more. Um, awesome. about, you know, Christ and about everything in the church. So, What are some of the topics that you guys have covered thus far? I know last week I had a chance to check out um, your program with Pastor Robert Brown concerning Christianity and Islam. What are some other topics you guys have touched on? Well, we have touched on um, sins in the sense of, you know, people kind of fit in sins, some sins on a higher, I want you to, you know, like just saying, you know, you look at it and you're like, all right, we judge this one more so than the other or condemn it more right. than the other. And we talk a lot about condemnation. And right. then, you know, we've talked about holidays like Halloween um, and, you know, the meaning behind it and just learning right. about, you know, a lot of things uh, or the problem with like a lot of people is just that a lot of times we have the wrong intentions with a lot of stuff. And, you know, people get kind of confused about like, for instance, a rainbow. They look at it now like, oh my gosh, I don't want to wear a rainbow because of what, the LGBT community is done with it. And we're like, right. at the end of the day, we know what the rainbow means to ourselves. So again, it just goes back to understanding, you know, who we are and why we do certain things. So we've just been having a lot of those conversations lately. Awesome. You know, I find it interesting, you know, our podcast, Church in the City, is kind of based upon how we bring church, you know, to the modern world. You know, this mm-hmm. the city that's hustling and bustling and busy and things of that nature. And, you know, really trying to reach a generation, you know, I don't want to use the term millennials, but basically anybody under the age of 30. Because, you know, those people today that are above, you know, under the age of 30, mm-hmm. they're having a tough time you know, sometimes fitting into the modern church tradition. They're having a tough time, you know, fitting into the four walls, if you will. And it's easy to talk about ministry outside of the walls, but 
until leaders and pastors such as myself and others begin to sit down and talk about different strategies for taking ministry outside of the walls. All it is really, it's a cliche. And what you're doing at Stay Woke Church, I find very unique and even kind of in that vein because it seems to be geared towards more educating people about things. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. And the, the educating part, the Bible says our people perish for lack of knowledge. And sometimes as a pastor, you have to look yourself in a mirror and admit, well, if there's a lack of knowledge, some of that is your fault. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, your show and what you're doing because you're, you're providing a platform for people, especially Christian leaders, to discuss things that they might not be comfortable discussing behind a pulpit. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, we're in a time where things are so PC where people don't want to discuss things or talk about certain things or they're afraid to lose membership or, you know, let's be honest, somebody going to stop paying some tithes, right. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but the reality is that generation 30 and below they want you to discuss those things. They want you as a pastor or Christian leader to talk about those things. They come to church to hear you address that, not necessarily looking for a right answer or a wrong answer, but really just want you to take a stand. And, you know, what is your position and why is that your position? And then let me decide whether or not I agree with it. Don't mm-hmm. just detour and go around it all together. And the fact last week when you were engaged with Pastor Brown and others, including myself, and we're going to be doing some more this week talking about the differences between Christianity and Islam – I think it's awesome as a young Christian that you're willing to sit down with pastors and have that conversation because talking about it is not, let's be real, talking about it is not a sin. Talking exactly. about the differences and so on, there's nothing wrong with that. And for so many years at the church, I feel like we were told, don't look at that, don't touch that, don't read about that, don't do anything. It's taboo. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If you don't know about something, you don't know the differences between what you believe and somebody else believes. Exactly. And my thing is, you know, what you're doing provides an opportunity for somebody that may not know what they believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. They may claim to believe something, but may not really truly know what they believe because they haven't done their own research to sit down and listen and say, yes, these are the differences. These Mm -hmm. are the similarities. You know, I find it unique how Jesus has talked about all through the Quran and not really anything really in the Quran contradicts anything that we teach about Jesus with the exception of a few things is just, we know Muslims are not really allowed to read it. Mm-hmm. So the, the funny part to me is that there are so many things in there that actually confirm the Christian faith. Exactly. But for years, Christians don't want to touch it. Don't want to look at it. Don't want to read it. Don't, you know, it's taboo. Stay away from it. Mm-hmm. And my way of looking at it is, you know, if you don't know what you believe and you can't defend your faith, as the scripture says, you know, if you don't believe in something, you fall for anything. And what you're doing, I think is awesome as a young person, especially because you're still in college, correct? Yes. Where do you attend school? Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. Sacred Heart. Okay. I've heard of them. Um, That's awesome. Are you in Connecticut now or are you, you know, in Virginia? Where are you? I'm currently in Maryland. Okay, so you're in Maryland. I know Pastor Brown's church is in Norfolk, Virginia, so I didn't know where exactly you were located. But, you know, I think you you providing a platform, especially for people your age, even if they're not engaged in the dialogue, they can sit there and they can listen and they can see and they can draw things for themselves. Mm-hmm. They can they can hear pastors talk about it. They can hear people talk about it. My question for you would be, are you trying to get to a place where maybe you can have, you know, religious leaders of different faiths sitting down and having the same conversation at the same time? Are you trying to take Stay Woke Church to that level or have you haven't really given that a lot of thought? Um, well, you know, that would be 
something that we definitely look at because obviously, you know, sometimes they're like, oh yeah, you know, you have people who believe, you know, some of the stuff that comes out your mouth and you have others saying, well, how do you know? Because you don't practice their faith, so on and so forth. So sometimes being able to have someone that's actually in that faith and that religion um, to speak with and to discuss different religions, you know, brings about a lot of light because then people can understand like right. coming from them who are actually practicing it. Like, oh, okay, right. this is this is what they actually do. And then on top of that, you know, again, just in terms of furthering, furthering education and, you know, just bringing enlightenment or, you know, saying woke <laughs> uh, when it comes right. to other religions compared to ours. Right. I actually like how you've you've used that term and that title in a positive way, because I remember when the, the quote stay woke movement came about a while back, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of dialogue about it. And some people felt like it was kind of, you know, exclusive and things of that nature based upon ethnic or ethnicity or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I like how you've taken that made it a positive term and something positive and enlightening where people of different, you know, whether it be ethnic backgrounds or gender or religion or whatever, you're using that term to unify instead of to divide. And I actually like that. I think that's a very positive thing. Mm -hmm. um, moving forward, do you think, you mm -hmm. know, somebody, you know, that would fall into that under 30 category, mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, you're in college, you fall in that under 30 category. Do you feel like some of the issues in the modern church today or that things are too traditional or so traditional to the point that people no longer, people in your age bracket, feel comfortable. They no longer feel they can identify with, I hate to use these words, but they, mm -hmm. can, they have a hard time identifying with the God being presented to them. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes, uh, that makes okay. sense, yeah. Give me an example, because when I look at stuff like that, um, you know, I tell my congregation all the time, you know, this ain't 1996. We can't necessarily do it that way. Mm -hmm. um, give me an example of, you know, the God being presented to you, you having a hard time identifying with. Give me, you know, as, as a young woman in their 20s, give me an example of that. Give me an example of what that would be to you if, you know, a church or a ministry presenting, quote unquote, God to you in a way that you would have a hard time identifying with. Give me an example of that. Um, well, you know, like when it comes to the church nowadays, especially the older church, um, I would say they are very, um, they are very judgmental in a sense that, okay, you know what, like, you know, everybody has thoughts, everybody has quote unquote temptations that they face, but because of, of like a lot of that not being talked about in church, a lot of, of us, I want to say millennials don't know how to reach out to people that are in the church because it doesn't seem as though they deal with stuff like that, almost as if okay, God is the type to, you know, you have that thought and it goes away like that. Like, for instance, you know, just saying that God's never experienced something like that, so he wouldn't know how to handle it. Therefore, we should know how to handle it. We should just drop it by the wayside, so on and so forth. But um, in actuality, right. you know, it's like, that's what Jesus was for. He came down here and felt li literally everything <laughs> so that he would be able to, exactly. you know, to help us get through it. And I think a lot of times, you exactly. know, again, just people are so stuck on tradition and we're not and so stuck on ignoring, you know, conversations and topics that they really are unreachable. And that's definitely not who God is. You know, he transcends time. <laughs> like he, you know what I mean? Like he he made time. He created all of those things. So for us, you know, or for, right. for rather the church, the older church, um, the ones who have quote unquote laid the foundations in a lot of church nowadays to really not um just be like that outlet for a lot of the younger ones growing up kind of sucks, honestly. Right. 
and I, I love the example you gave because, you know, you were talking about how things become unreachable and almost inaccessible. And what I see, you know, as a pastor, one of the issues that I see sometimes, it is, seems like we have put God behind multiple walls of tradition. We've put God behind multiple walls of title. We've put God, we've basically built entire cities in front of the accessibility to God. Mm -hmm. We've, we've done things where it's almost like you have to go through, it's, a, it's almost like playing a game, like a video game. Right. And you have to go through different levels just to get to where God mm -hmm. is. Where in his reality, God comes to you in a sense. That's what, that's why Jesus was sent here to us. We didn't go to heaven to him. He sent Jesus to right. us. And the, I find it a very fresh perspective when you say that, because when you're dealing with people that are looking for something, mm -hmm. okay, and some of the very people in positions of leadership or whatever are seemingly hiding from them what they are looking for or what they are trying to find, it makes equal sense why so many of our church pews, quite frankly, are very right. empty. Because you're you're hiding from them what they're trying mm -hmm. to find. You're you're making what should be easy mm -hmm. hard. You're making you know you're, you're trivializing the momentous. You're complicating the obvious. You're, you're making it where somebody can't find what they're looking yeah. for. And it's almost like playing Marco Polo in a mm -hmm. pool or, or whatever. And no matter where they go or what they do, they can never find what they're looking for because we, unbeknownst sometimes to us, are hiding it. We're wrapping it in tradition. We're wrapping it in title. We're wrapping it in denomination. We're wrapping it in so many different things that it's like the little kid that has to unwrap nine boxes just to get this Christmas exactly. gift. And, and, and how many people in this world are getting tired of unwrapping the wrapping paper and just walk away and say, you know what, I can find something way more easier yeah. to get. And so that's a very fresh perspective that you gave because it makes so much sense that, you know, and we, we use terms like being judgmental or traditional, but what all of it boils down to is we're concealing the people from mm -hmm. God. We're, we're, we're blocking, you know, we're, it's beyond just blocking a blessing. We're blocking access, yeah. literally. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to say you have to fit into this box or this genre or you have to match this in order to have access exactly. to God. That's, 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 that's the complete 180 degree opposite mm -hmm. of scripture. So that is what I believe is her. And, and our podcast is simply about knocking down some of those traditional walls, you know, crossing those, those barriers and saying, Hey, you know, these are things as leaders we got to talk about and we got to address mm -hmm. because in order for, for the church to, to, to meet this modern generation and go beyond the walls, as they love to say, in order for us to meet this modern generation, we have to be willing to sit down and ask that generation, what is it about us that is making you walk away from the table? Mm -hmm. What is it about us that is making you saying, no, I'm going to go elsewhere? What is it about us that's saying, no, I'm not interested. I'll stay at mm -hmm. home today. What is it? Because if we don't ask those questions and we don't provide like you're doing a platform for dialogue and things of that nature, and if we don't do that, then we're laying a foundation for nobody because the house is going to be empty right. when we're gone. So... Olivia, what you guys are doing at Stay Woke Church is amazing. I thank you so much for your time tonight. Please keep doing what you're doing and tell everybody how they can find you and, and what they can, you know, how they can get a hold of you and look at some of the programming and, and follow awesome. you. Well, yes, we are on Facebook. We go on Facebook Live at Stay Woke Church, and it's under uh, my profile, which is Olivia Martinez. <laughs> and we are on there every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm usually on there with my cousin, Pastor Bobby, again. 
with the Flame 32 Church down in Norfolk, Virginia. So that's all you guys can find me. Awesome. Well, Olivia, we thank you for coming aboard. I look forward to speaking with you again this coming Thursday on your program and talking about some more of the differences between Christianity and Islam. And we definitely look forward to having you up here again as you guys at Stay Woke Church address different topics and, you know, you knock down different barriers and have different dialogues. We look forward to having you up here again to talk about some of those things. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, Olivia. You have a great night. You know, Olivia's doing something really awesome with that show, Stay Woke Church. I'm actually going to be a guest on her show in a couple of days, and we're going to continue the dialogue between Christianity and Islam. And I think it's important that we have young people, especially in this new generation, young people, you know, in their early to mid-20s that are actually creating platforms for the dialogue that they need. You know, this is a dialogue that she wants, that she needs, and she wants to actively be a part of. So what better way of doing that than creating a platform herself for these dialogues to take place and, and educate people and, you know, knock down traditional walls and, and cross cross barriers and do things to, to, to really bring about, you know, newness in the kingdom of God and, edu- and educate people and teach people not only about their own faith, but about, you know, some of the faiths of others. You know, coming up, we're going to have... Uh, Minister Rashard Tarpley, he's going to come on. He's an accomplished author. He's actually working on another book now um, called Rise King, an inspirational book for young men. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about ways to reach young people and reach millennials and how to impact people and how to bring the church to them and how to bring the church, you know, to a new place and, and, and spread the kingdom of God abroad. My friend, brother Rashad Tarpley on the line. He's a he's a husband, father, preacher, teacher, mentor, and published author. Rashad, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good, doing good, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. Not a problem. Definitely wanted to get you up here tonight at our church in the city, and we want to talk to you a little bit. I know you have a, a couple of children books you've already published. You got a new book coming out called Rise King that yeah. you're going to be utilizing to you know influence and positively uplift young men. Tell us a little bit about that book, Rashad. Absolutely, yes. Um, it started out as a passion project of mine, honestly, man. Something um something I've been dealing with a lot, especially in ministry. Um, just 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 dealing with um not not being good enough, feeling inadequate, man, feeling like like everything that I've done, I just could never I I could just never just make it, man. I just I just became a victim of self sabotage and and gotcha. I was in a very, very dark place for a while when I was younger. And even in ministry, man, sometimes I felt that way. And I chose to write this book, man, to empower young people that are going through that same exact thing or they are actually may feel the same way that I felt. That they're wow. like, that they're worthless, that 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 no one cares, man. Like family, like you can't like when you try to reach out to family and family turns their back on you. Wow. Yes. Alone. And so Rise King, man, is a motivational book geared towards those people. And I'm writing it to empower you and to uplift you because I was you. I was there. Right. That's I powerful. I was depressed, man. And so I want to encourage the young brothers to rise and 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 and, and rise to actually stand up and, and take back the mantle and become that king that you are supposed to be. Awesome. Awesome. Um, 
uh, you know, bringing you on here tonight, you know, one of the things that we're looking at doing, you know, here at Church in the City on this podcast is we're looking at, you know, crossing boundaries. We're looking at, you know, knocking down some traditional walls and doing some things differently and providing a platform, you know, for for ministry in the new millennium to be discussed and new approaches, you know, to, to branching out the kingdom of God to people that, quite frankly, might be disenfranchised or, you know, that generation of maybe 30 and below that feel like that, you know, church isn't for them or are having a tough time identifying you know, with the church as we know it, the traditional church. And, you know, the book that you're writing and what you're doing seems to be speaking exactly to those people, um, especially, you know, maybe the males, but speaking to those people in general. What are some ways that you found, you know, as a minister and as, you know, a preacher, teacher, mentor, and so on, what are some ways that you have found to, I guess you could say, bridge that gap from pulpit to pew, but not just pulpit to pew, but pulpit to person? What are some some ways that you found to bridge that gap and help yeah. Bring the kingdom of God outside of the church. Yeah, the the honesty, man. The biggest thing is 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 ultimate transparency, man. Ultimate transparency has been has been the gotcha. been the big defining factor, man. Because when you look at when you look at us us ministers, man, and I I'm I'm gonna take it from a stance of before I even got into ministry, man. I used to think minister. I used to put ministers up on these high pedestals that I thought that they did no wrong. That they wow. been that they didn't do none of that. I put them up there. I was like, yo, I. I always felt intimidated because I was never that good. I was never. That's a good word. That, I like that word. That's a key never, word. Yeah, I was never that 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 great, and I could never achieve what they, what I thought that they that what they were doing. And it wasn't until I got in ministry that I realized, man, like yo, we all have problems. We They're all regular have people. Issues. Yeah, we're we're regular people, and and the one thing that I do is. In, in in any in any form that I do, man, I always have to to preach transparency, open and honest me, and be, be and become unapologetic. Like I talk about my 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 molestation when I was a kid. I talk about my 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 time selling drugs. I talk about my time when I was in a gang. I talk about my time being abused um, by by uh, by my stepdad. I talk about that because. Even in ministry, I still deal with those things. And I don't want people right. to think that just because I am where I am, that I was not like you, that I was not exactly. where you were, or I don't understand what you're going through. Because exactly. I do. And I use I use I use those tools to help bridge that. And my lingo and the way I talk with people and the way I look, I'm a six one ball head dude with, with a sleeve full of tattoos. So when I talk to people, their guards are already down because they don't even they don't see the minister Rashad. They just see a regular dude chopping it up, right. but not but not knowing that I'm about to impart something in them exactly. on, on their level that they can understand. You know, I, I like how you use that. To, you know, that term transparency, I think, is a very key term because we have so so much lack of that in the church today, and we have you know so many people I think that are yearning for that. Mm-hmm. And when you go sometimes to your local church, that's one of the things that you definitely do not get. Right. Is, is transparency. And I think sometimes, you know, not just with transparency is there's also a lack of leaders being accessible, yeah. you know, accessibility and transparency to me, those two words must go together in ministry. And, you know, a lack of accessibility also go along with a lack of transparency. And what we've done, I think sometimes, you know, not meaning to in church is that we've, we've put God behind a wall and, our lack of accessibility as leaders, our lack of transparency as leaders turns into people feeling like God is not accessible, that God is not transparent. And, 
the same way I can't get to you as my pastor or my local leader, I can't get to God. And, and like you said, the, the concept of putting them on a pedestal, I think we've had so many generations put clergy on a pedestal, and then so much of that clergy has fallen completely off the pedestal and landed on every branch <laughs> on the way down that – you know, now it's coming to a concept of, hey, I, I'm a pastor. I don't want you to put me on a pedestal. But now it's the opposite effect. You look at me and you automatically think that I'm on one because somebody else put me there. Yeah. And in reality, it's not the case. Yeah. And because unfortunately, you know, 10 years of ministry has taught me, Rashad, some of the most arrogant people I know preach every Sunday. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, and some of the most humblest people I know and just regular everyday get to know you folks I know are probably on their way to hell right now. Yeah. And that to me, we, we have to switch that narrative in the kingdom of God. We, we have to, we have to change that. And a lot of that I think is going to be done with transparency and accessibility and, and giving people someone to talk to that they can relate mm -hmm. to. And, I like how you talked about, you know, I, they, I come up to somebody and their guard is already down because of X, Y, and Z. You know, some of that is some of the stereotypical traditional things that we have to learn to attack and address in the kingdom of God. You know, I like how you use the term unapologetic. You know, I want everybody, encourage everybody to listen to a friend of mine, Ricky Brown's podcast called Unapologetic. It's coming out soon. Yeah. I definitely want to put that out there. Um, I know you're familiar with it. You know, I want people to listen to that because we have to have certain conversations culturally. Mm -hmm. But if we can't learn to have those conversations in the kingdom of God, how are we ever going to have those conversations culturally? Because until we learn to have those conversations in the kingdom of God, where we're supposed to be, you know, one faith, one baptism, one God, et cetera, et cetera. We don't see color. We don't see race. We don't see background. We don't see this. We don't see, you know, all these things when we're in the kingdom of God. But if we can't have those conversations in the kingdom of God, how can we have them outside of the kingdom of God when they readily admit and we know that they see all of those mm -hmm. things? So if the same things that prevent us from having dialogue, you know, quote unquote, outside of the church are present are present are preventing us from having the dialogue inside of the church. There's a problem. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I look at the concept of I think what people are looking for today when when I talk about you know church in the city and how we bring how we bring church and how we bring God and how we bring the kingdom you know into this modern world. You know, people want to say ministry outside the four walls, but that's a really good cliche until you sit down and strategically talk about how you do it mm -hmm. and. I think when we do that, what we have to understand is we're doing that to a generation of people that they want to come to church and hear you talk about certain topics. They want to come to church and hear you address certain things, mm -hmm. things that maybe some pastors are scared to talk about. It's not PC. They don't want to say it because the tithing envelope might get shoved back into the pocket or somebody might leave the church. We're living in a time where a generation of people, they, they don't care if you step on their toes or you ruffle their feathers. They just want some information. Yes. And if you give them the information they want, if you give them the, the, the education they want, if you get, you know, they're fine with the occasional toe step on or feather ruffle as long as it's worth their while. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's what I think, you know, people like you, people like me and others, as we, as we tear down those walls by you look at me and you think one thing, but when you have a conversation with me and you talk to me and you hear and you receive another, I think that's where ministry is going. My question to you would be, how do you feel like individual churches? Um, Cause I asked the guest earlier, how do you feel like individual churches <laughs> one, have caused, 
you know, certain people to feel disenfranchised? And what are ways that we can go about strategically not doing that or stop or prevent ourselves from doing that in the future? All right, say that one more time for me. You were going out just a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. What what example give me an example of how you feel churches traditionally maybe in the past have caused, you know, millennials or those yeah. under thirty to feel maybe disenfranchised. Oh, listen, the I'm 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 gonna take it back to something that 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 I grew up with, that everything that you're doing you're going to hell for, everything. Wow, that's 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 simple but true. Listen, everything you're doing you're going to hell, and also check this out. And I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna listen. I may I may catch flack for this, but it's it's true fact. Stop preaching Bible to me when you just meet me. Stop. Okay, I like I, that. I like I'm, that. I'm, if I'm a non-believer coming in. I don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. I don't want to hear nothing about nothing about God's good. Listen, my rent's past due. I have nothing else. I'm 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 late. I I'm abused. I've been all this. I don't want to hear about God. And I'm going to hell when I'm out here trying to sell drugs to feed my family. I don't want to hear about I'm going to hell. Where is God at? That's the that, right. that's the problem because the old church they all they would do is throw Bible down. Before they offer you a hand, they would throw a Bible down your throat before they offer you a hand up. And that's got you. And I, I, I like how you said that. Not to cut you off, but I like how you said that because when you said, "I want to know where God is," you know, some people want to know more of where He is than what He yeah. said. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I'm hearing when you're saying it. Some people are in a place in their life. I don't want to hear what God said. I want to know exactly. where He is. Yes. You know the action verb god not the adjective or the adverb or the descriptionary terms or the anecdote i want the action verb god i want to know where he is and what he's doing not necessarily what's coming out of his mouth or what came out of his mouth two thousand years ago rashad i totally get where you're coming from with that i totally where you're coming from that i think more pastors that's what this podcast is all about we have to have that dialogue they don't necessarily care what you know they want to know that you care you know what I'm saying that that that's that's where I'm at. So on the tip of that, now do the contrary. What are some things you think churches can do moving forward in ministry in ministry wise that will not ostracize or turn people, especially of that generation, away? It's very simple. Listen. It's that simple. Listen. Because the people have a voice. The young people, this generation coming up, everything is fact checked with Google, even when you're preaching. You can say something and you can misquote a scripture and someone will check it. Wow. Wow. That's good. That's good. I like that. That I mean, you know what? You're correct. You can, you know, the, this generation today has so much at yes. their fingertips that we didn't have 15, 20 years ago. So, so now it's a matter of I can Google yeah. your sermon. You know? and, 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 and I'll take it a step further. You know, if you literally stole your sermon yes. word for word from somebody else, I can probably find that yeah. on YouTube. You know, I can I can probably find Brother, that I, too. I know a preacher that did that. Like I know a preacher that preached somebody else's sermon. This is a couple years ago. Wow! Like preached it exactly how it was, and then we we YouTubed it, and was like, "Yo, that's the same sermon," but the sermon that he preached wow. was a ten-year-old sermon. Wow. And because it was 10 years old, you know, he thought nobody see. And, you know, and, and to me, 
this gener this generation has the ability to do that. This modern generation, I hate to call it the microwave generation, but they're they're used to, you know, results in 60 seconds or less. And I'm not saying that we have to necessarily be that way as a church. You know, your church might not go from 20 people to 200 people in a month. You know, some things are not going to be fast results in ministry. But with that comes a responsibility as a ministry. You have to know they have the ability to detect and decipher foolishness quicker than any other generation you've ever encountered. They can analyze, you know, I hate, not just analyze data. They can analyze what's going on. They can analyze the lack of transparency. They can analyze the lack of accessibility. They can analyze all these things faster than any generation you've ever come in contact with. And one thing is for certain, whether you're saved, whether you're not saved, whether you're kingdom or whatever, real Facts. recognize real. And, you know, people that may not know a whole lot about God, but know a whole lot about reality can tell when you're selling them. I hate to say it this way, but the company church line, <laughs> because just like, you know, just like we have, you know, a, your job may have a company line. OK, you know, churches today in 2020, I promise you, some of them have a company line and they've been they've been spewing that company line for so long. And some people just, I believe, don't want to hear the company line anymore. Yeah. They're, they're tired of hearing the company line. Now, I don't necessarily know what the company line is for every individual church, but I will say this. Um, the concept of, no, I, I may catch some flack for this. The concept of give, oh, give, 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 give. Okay, the, the the concept of give, 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 but the only person being blessed is the leadership. The, on, the only people being blessed is leadership. Now, the concept of giving, I'm not going to talk about tithing, but the concept of giving, the heart and the mindset that you're giving with is what matters. If you're giving based upon pure Sunday morning peer pressure, God's not going to honor that. And we we have utilized, I know I've seen it and been there and done that in the pulpit. We utilize as much peer pressure in the house of God as they do in a public man, high school. Man, you is gosh, oh my. Come on, brother. I mean, let's, let's, I mean, Rashad, think about it. How many church services have you been to? How many church services have you been to? We're, we're taking the church all the way to the city now. How many church services have you been to where people literally are supposed to get up and walk down and put their tithe and yes. offering in the bucket? D yeah. Is that not a form of peer pressure from everybody sitting around looking at the other yeah. one get up and walk down and you know that your pastor and your leadership are sitting there watching you and whether or not you get up and walk right. down and participate? And you ain't got a dime in your pocket. Damn. Exactly. That is no different than watching the cool kids or watching the nerdy kids in oh, school. Look. Yo, That's take, no take different. Further. Take, listen, I've done, look, I've done this. I've done this. I, I've done it, and I've had to do it. Where, where we in church, we have a uh, we have a set goal. We have a set goal. All right, guys, we got a set goal. We got to meet. So we got to do give your best offering. All right, look, I ain't got number two dollars in my pocket. Just got work. We're asking everyone that can sow a seed of a hundred dollars. What the good thing? Oh, Lord, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. But you're gonna speak fast. Huh? Speak them. Listen, you're speaking listen, facts. Go ahead and speak it. I need, a, I need, I need ten people so one hundred dollars. Well, that's a th that's that's a thousand, right? Okay, so that's that the goal. All right, so I ain't got it. I got my best offering. I got my best. That's see, I have my best gift that I have. I am willing to give my last two dollars as my best gift. But you're asking me to sow a seed of a hundred. 
If I don't have that, okay. Well, now we need. If you don't have a hundred, let's get fifty. We need someone. Yeah, let's get let's get twenty people to sew fifty. That's still rent. That's still thousand dollars. I don't. Who has fifty dollars? Let me th- listen. Let me, let me th- listen. I'm gonna free myself for a moment. Look, I ain't gonna lie to you. you I'm a minute, dog. I'm a minute, dog. <laughs> we getting free tonight on Kitchen in the City. I love it. We getting Bro, free tonight. Let me tell you something. I am not. I am not giving, especially for service that I didn't want to go to. Brother, you not, I'm not giving you hundred dollars. <laughs> Look, I got, I got a better one for you because I've been in that same position. I stood in the room in the meeting pre-church because I'm the one that has to handle the offertory and so on. And the concept, watch this, you know, we want to be a quote blessing yeah. to the man of God. But I'm looking on the desk at the check that was written to said man of God. So I know he's getting his regardless. You just want me, watch this, you just want me to go up there yeah. and lead this fundraiser. I, you're telling me I'm presiding over the offering, but what I'm really doing is I'm supervising this fundraiser because the church needs, watch this, needs to recoup the funds that they just wrote out to the man of God. And you, or oh, oh, could be worse, we got to make sure yeah. this cash deposit hits before the man of God goes, to, don't get me started tonight, y'all. You see, that's not excellence. Oh. And, and, and taking it back to what we were talking about, people today are able to transparently see through that and they don't want to be part of it. Here's the thing, brother. Nowadays, it's more evident than ever. Where you're not going to, you're not going to convince me to give with politics and smoke and mirrors. You're not because what I can, what I see now. Exactly. And here's and here and I'm 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 gonna take it a step further, a little bit off topic, but still on the same topic. In the in the days of you have a in the days of social media, brother. Your cell phone is a computer. You have a walking. Exactly. You have to have a mobile computer exactly. in the palm of your hand. You can see pastors getting indicted for fraud. You can see pastors getting indicted for embezzlement. You can see pastors getting indicted yes, for stealing this, that, and the third. Money laundering. You see pastors All doing time. this. So now, watch this. I'm a new convert coming into the church. And the first time I see something... Yo, why are they raising all this money for? Red flag. It's going to the past. Exactly. It's going to the. It's, red, I'm tur- I'm, red flag. I'm exactly. I'm turned off now. Right. We 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 send off so many red flags that we don't even realize we're sending because we're stuck in the same way of doing things. We're stuck in the same traditional way of doing things. And you know, Rashawn, I wish we'd stay up here longer. Um. You know, you're definitely somebody that we're going to have up here a lot. Um, now, understand, I want to say this before we finalize this conversation. One of the things that causes a lot of this is that we have churches trying to do things without counting the cost of it, without understanding whether or not, without even bothering to see whether or not it's being effective. You know, I, I tell my church all the time, you know, having a bunch of services and a bunch of conferences and a bunch of this and a bunch of that, other than costing the church yeah. money, what is it doing? Because if it's not being effective ministry-wise, if somebody didn't get saved, if somebody didn't get delivered, if something, somebody didn't get – if something, if the church is not growing from it either physically or spiritually, yes. we need to stop doing it. 
and stop doing these traditional fundraisers, as I call them, these glorified services that are really fundraisers because you're trying to generate revenue and generate money. And then you invite these speakers in trying to draw a crowd, but you got to pay that speaker. You got to pay for his hotel. You got to pay his honorarium, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to pay out all this money. And if you don't generate the, the, the crowd and the cash flow from him being there, you're hemorrhaging funds and you have an issue. But guess what you're really doing? You're not being a good steward, and you're not operating in excellence. And people Excellent. see through that. Rashad, I thank you for being up here, man. Um, the great dialogue, great conversation. People, please, you know, check out the new book coming out, Rise King. You know, you've heard a little bit about this man. He's very transparent. You know, he's very accessible, and, he, and he's going to keep it real with you, whether it be in his writings and his books or just in the conversation. He's going to keep it 100 with you at all times. Also, as I said before, please check out the Unapologetic Podcast with my friend Ricky Brown. It's coming out soon. You'll see Rashad as well as a part of that. Please, please check this out. We're doing some new things in the kingdom. We're trying to bridge gaps. We're trying to knock down some walls and cross some lines and some barriers. And you know what? Somebody's going to get offended, and I'm okay with that because inside of the offense, inside of the offense, you know, comes some education. Inside of the offense comes some learning. And guess what? Sometimes when it's time for things to move, there might be a lack of comfort, but without movement, there's no growth. So, Rashad, we thank you for being up here, man. We look forward to having you on again soon. Stay blessed, my brother, and I'll definitely be in touch. You... Man, we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed the dialogue between Brother Rashad and myself, bringing him up here to talk about his book, as well as talk about some things that can be utilized going forward to reach this new generation in the kingdom, as well as some things that we need to stop doing as churches, because we're living in a new era. We're living in a different time where people can see through foolishness. They can see fakeness. They understand what's real and what's not. And they know if there's a lack of transparency and a lack of accessibility, especially from Christian leaders, then something there must be wrong and they don't want to be a part of it. So if you enjoyed that dialogue, I encourage you to keep coming back here and listening to us at Church in the City because we're talking about these topics. We're going to talk about these things, myself and other pastors. You're going to hear us up here talking about ways to reach this nation and our communities individually abroad as well as you know locally to to help them in ways that maybe the church has not helped them before and do things that maybe some churches are not doing and looking at a new approach to ministry you know in these days and times in this modern era so don't forget also this coming thursday check out at 7 p.m eastern time check out my girl olivia martino and her show stay woke church myself i'll be up there along with pastor robert brown we'll continue to discuss the difference between christianity and islam and as i mentioned earlier don't forget there's a new podcast coming your way called unapologetic with my brother ricky brown he's going to be hosting that and you're going to hear some of the similar topics and and cultural things and church things and you know faith-based things discussed there as you've heard here so if you like what you heard tonight you're definitely going to enjoy unapologetic coming to you soon we love you we're praying for you and come back next week and help us continue to take the church to the city